Hey fam. You know we gotta pay the bill, so we're gonna start off with that. Cold read. The grappling hour is brought to you by Luda Gear. Athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire grub meal prep. Meal prep. Done right. Now let's get to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your friendly neighborhood grappling podcaster, Rafa Sparza, saying hello to you on this beautiful Sunday. Now, normally, I record these about a day or two in advance, uh, and then I have it uh, come out at like 9 a.m. in the morning. In this particular case, I was a little inspired by a particular event that I went to go cover. Yesterday, I was at King of the Cage for their 20th anniversary show, which was a lot of fun. I got to see uh, my good friend Lance Bush win by devastating knockout. I also got to see our good friend Milton Aguayo pull out an amazing unanimous decision. Uh, But there's one person I actually kind of want to center this on. And I know that this deals a lot with uh, my grappling experience on Sunday Confessional. But I actually wanted to take a moment to speak today about my good friend Elliot Aguayo. So... Again, it's very difficult when you are covering an event to lose all subjectivity. You really do try to be as objective as possible, but there are always going to be elements of you coming in with some sort of bias if you know or train with the fighters. Fortunately, I don't have to make any decisions uh, that put them up or down. Uh, You know, I stay to the sides and I just try to record what I see live whenever I'm reporting. Uh, Elliot was the very first fight yesterday, and I made it just in time. And I was a little nervous that I might have to do one of those things where I go, yeah, yeah, I saw your fight. Yeah, no, it was good. You When you did that thing. Backstory. Um, about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, it's about a year ago exactly now. Um, Elliot started giving me private lessons to help me with my wrestling. Now, my wrestling is garbage. But it's now like garbage plus because of Elliot. And so uh, he and I have always worked very well together in terms of he just knows how to coach me. He understands that I have limitations. He has a really, really solid knack for understanding uh, for my particular game set, for whatever reason, uh, how to help me understand and at least drill and get a better comprehension of a wrestling base. Which is huge to me because that. Never thought I would have any wrestling. Some people who train with me might be able to say, well, I don't think Raph has any wrestling either. That's fine. But yesterday I get there and I watch him and he was on the wrong half of a split decision. Now, when I say he was on the wrong half, obviously, whenever you get a split decision. There's going to be somebody who's upset because it's just within a fraction of uh, a deciding factor. Here's the story from my perspective. And again, if you're listening and you're part of the gentleman, I I believe Daniel was his name, 
uh, if you're one of his uh, teammates, this is not putting down his work. He had some amazing uh, moments in that fight. So this is not to degrade his performance. This is all to have what I think is a discussion on judging criteria. Uh, yesterday, Elliot was able to use his wrestling to get a series of takedowns, and it still wasn't enough to win him the fight. One judge went 30-27. One judge went 30-27 for the other guy. And then there was uh, the split that went 29-28 in favor of Elliot's opponent. I could understand if the other judges maybe saw it 29-28 because, again, it was close. It's the 30-27s, uh, one for each fighter, that does make you occasionally go, how did you see that again? So the thing that was confusing to me was there weren't a large amount of strikes in this fight, but it seemed to me that the judges were putting a criteria for... Hmm, punchy things, if you would, uh, when there weren't a ton of punchy things to begin with. What's even more impressive to me was that um, Elliot's opponent was able to win the second round uh, when he had a really good Kimura uh, from bottom that he was trying to hit as a response to Elliot's pressure. However, Elliot went right back on top and was able to control that round. So 30-27 doesn't really make sense to me in that respect. I'll say this. Those kind of losses are disappointing, of course, because a fighter goes in there, they want to give you a finish. The thing that I always try to point out to athletes, because they don't necessarily hear it at the time, is that, you know, for Elliot's sake, there was no... There was no harm that he really took. He was pretty in good spirits when I saw him afterwards. But there was one thing that was really, really cool that he came up to me and said, and he's like, hey, man, um, did you did you see that good control? That, like, good jujitsu control? And uh, I looked at him and I said, I did, buddy. I, I really did. And part of that reason is because in exchange for Elliot helping me with my wrestling, um, I've been able to give him a few pointers on some of the jiu-jitsu tricks that I've picked up. And I always think if you're an MMA fighter and you can get a certain kind of cheat code that an old person uses to look like they can actually hang with some of the younger kids, it doesn't hurt to teach them. It doesn't help or hurt to you know, show them a couple things and says like, hey, this is how you could neutralize somebody like me or this is how I neutralize somebody like this. And uh, I've had many people fight MMA over the years, but there are very few people that I can really say that I have, um, you know, given a few pointers or two uh, in a higher degree. And I didn't expect him to come up and, and tell me uh, that sort of a thing, but he was so proud of that part of his performance. And that made me really happy for him which was that even in a loss, he still found something that he wanted to come up and uh, make me feel uh, a part of his experience. And even though he didn't win uh, on the judges' criteria for whatever reason that they put it down, 
that he was proud of it and he wanted me to share in it. And that to me, my friends, is super cool. I don't know how to fully explain it other than the whole reason we exchange ideas or moves or stuff like that was when I started going to coach wrestling, I would see something from a jiu-jitsu perspective and I would explain it to him and I'd say, this is where I think I falter. And Elliot would go, oh, yeah, okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And then I would give him my perspective and then I'd show him something. And that really harkens back to when I used to invite people to come play poker, you know, I wouldn't just show up to somebody's house without bringing a gift. You know, whenever I would go to somebody's house and there was a poker game going on, I would bring beer and I'd say, thank you very much uh, for hosting. Here is some beer for hosting. So I, I always take that into, uh, you know, every other kind of situation. It's just good manners. It's the way my parents raised me. So that when I see Elliot helping me with my wrestling, I would just be like, oh, dude, I just learned this really cool thing. I think you might be really interested to see what it is. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, it's a good thing. It's one that I wouldn't expect him to ever give me any credit for. And uh, I think the real reason I, I wanted to talk about it was not to put any part of my contributions above his team. I mean, 10 Planet Van Eyes is amazing. Um, their coaching staff, you know, I mean, the way that Gabe works with them, the way that that team works together. That's the real basis of his. I just like the fact that he wanted to give me a small amount of credit that I never asked for and that I certainly did not expect. Which I guess kind of brings me back to what I did last week, which was I revealed to you guys that part of the real hook to jiu-jitsu for me was figuring out how to transition my skills as a communicator and as a teacher. And more and more recently, I have been seeing people uh, say very nice things or uh, kind of acknowledge that in their own way. For example, uh, there is a, uh, a woman who trains over at my home gym, Valley Martial Arts Center, who when we roll, she's new, but she has amazing instincts. And she always tries to apologize and says like, ah, oh, you know, you're going to waste your round with me. I was like, I never waste a round. If you're a goon that just goes ape shit, maybe it's a waste of round. But I always try and find something out of it. And you're you're really good. And she goes, I like rolling with you. I go, oh? And she goes, because you have like a thinking man's game. And I was like, oh, oh. Well, that's very nice. You are aware I'm an idiot, though. And she's like, oh, 100%. But you roll like you're not an idiot. And I said, oh, okay, that all makes sense. So to me, these are those little moments that have taken years to manifest. And even at times when I might not find myself uh, feeling the most capable person in terms of uh, the jiu-jitsu practicing or even being a a real qualified uh, person to come to for a number of techniques. It's always very nice to get those compliments. So I think one of my challenges to you guys this week would be this. 
if there is somebody who is instrumental in your game, I would really, really think it would be cool if you were to find time to let them know something that they have been uh, positively influential in your game. I am notoriously bad at taking compliments, and even talking about this is very weird. But I'm doing it because I think it shows two things. One, it shows uh, a true testament uh, to my friend and his ability that got him to there. And that he made the time to uh, show appreciation to me. Uh, well, first for coming out and second, he was like, thank you for covering, man. I was like, that's my job. That's what I do. You don't have to thank me for that. Um, but it, it's a testament to his ca uh, character that he would make sure that I, I feel recognized and, and appreciated. And two, I think it's something that we always profess in Instagram posts. And that's nice. But it's way better to hear it in person. Part of the reason why I never really get too caught up in, uh, you know, uh, posting about any kind of ridiculous little accomplishment or something silly that I do on Instagram is because most of the time I would rather just talk about it in person or, or on the show. And uh, there's a, a benefit of riches that we have whenever we have you guys who are our audience who listen and come up to me and tell me things. And I think one of the things that you can do if you have a platform to use it appropriately is to pay homage to those people who are helping you with your game. And I think that's something that, you know, we take for granted because there is a business element of jujitsu. You show up, you pay for classes. So it's a commodity at a certain point. And I think a lot of people are very good about being uh, respectful and, and whatnot. But think of it like this. We might be a little respectful. But think about how many times you ever paid tribute to like a teacher in school. If you can feel how those people might be underappreciated, you might have a comprehension as to how those people who help your jiu-jitsu game could potentially be underappreciated as well. That's just my perspective. Um, but it was cool. I, and I like that, you know, bit by bit, I have chipped away at what tends to be my goal in jiu-jitsu. And though I, I don't necessarily see myself as an instructor, per se, um... I see what I do as being a resource to those people who are my closest friends. And I see myself as being somebody who can always lend a hand uh, and see something from a different angle. So that was pretty dope. And I think I should probably end by, you know, practicing what I preach, right? So I would like to take this moment to go ahead and say I appreciate my good friend Elliot for being so instrumental in making me a better wrestler and a better grappler because those are things that when he's teaching me, I'm able to take back to my gym. I'm able to help my friends. And uh, I think that, you know, going forward, I think this kid still has uh, so much to do and, and, and has a true love for it. And uh, I hope he knows how proud myself and his team was of him.
So uh, big congrats to him. Split decisions are always tough, but they're even worse when they're really out of whack and the judging criteria is all over the place. Uh, the one thing that we can always take away from that is, um, you know, the fighters go out there, they put it out on the line, and there's no disrespect in that. So uh, credit to him, credit to his opponent. I probably got his name wrong. It's been a long fucking day. And at this point, my dog Lucy is pissed that I'm talking with you guys. So I'm going to do a quick thank you to our sponsors, Ludagear and Fire Grub Meal Plan. Yeah, you like them too, Lucy? What's your favorite part about Ludagear? Yeah, you like the grip tape? Like the fact that you don't have to use like regular tape anymore? I, I like that too. Oh, well, you're just mad because I never gave you any fire grub meal prep. But that's your own fault. You can't have that. It's not. Anyway, not for puppies. Uh, that was it for this week's Sunday Confessional. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next week. If you have ideas or concepts or comments, hit us up at Grappling Hour on all social media platforms. And let us know what you'd like me to talk about next week. Until then, it's been a great day for grappling, and we'll see you guys next week. Or on the mats. Shut up. You ruined that, Lucy.